Welcome to the 20th edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. What's wrong with your elbow? My elbow is sore. I'm getting old. And No, 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 no. That's not it at all. Why is your elbow sore? Well. Because you are doing something that only, I would guess, maybe 1% of at least the North American population can do. <laughs> I'm doing lots of handstands. Handstands. Yes. You are flipping yourself up 180 degrees. Yes. And standing on your hands. I'm determined to stay up there with stability and strength for much longer than You couldn't hang me from the ceiling and have me do that. I can barely stand on my feet. <laughs> and you're standing. I've seen her, folks. She can stand. She can just like bend over and just bleh. And I'm getting really good at my forearm stands. Your forearm stands are almost perfect. I'm oh, they're just. Nail those. Yes, I'm getting good at that. But even those are incredible. They are. I there's something about those that are even more thrilling than the than the handstands. But anyhow, my elbow. And then you and I are playing racquetball now, yes, which I are. love. Yep. I love. I love. We're, we're not, again to be clear. We're not playing racquetball. <laughs> oh, we're going into a racquetball court with racquetball rackets and racquetball ball and just bashing the ball around. Oh, yeah, making up our own rules and. But it sounds fun. cool. It's fun. I'm going to play racquetball yes, with that's my right. husband. <laughs> that's Cool. Yeah, I know. We're but, cool. But, but we're too poor to afford the uh, the fee for the the country club, uh, so we have to do the drop-in in the afternoons. It's okay. It's That's a lovely it's a lovely community center, and you know, it's not it's, like this. But it's so expensive. Oh, is it? Is that expensive? It's, it's fifty bucks a month. Mm. You mean to actually like be a member of it? Yeah. And all that? Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, it'd, no. it'd, it'd be nice to be able to go whenever we felt like going. Right. You feel like going at 9 o'clock in the morning, go at 9. Oh. You feel like going at 6 in the evening, go at 6 in the evening. Would that be 50 for the two of us? No, each. Oh, good Lord. I know. We can't do that. Oh, God. I mean, what is the world coming to that little local community centers are beyond what just regular folk can afford? Yeah, maybe you'd pay that for the family if the family was going to use it on a regular basis. The swing Because they've got a swing pool. They have a nice rink. Mm-hmm. They've got a, a little a little bit of a weight room. They've got yep. a bunch of things, facilities, mm-hmm. squash court, racquetball courts. They've got some things that we would use, yeah. maybe not on a even a weekly basis. Yeah. But for all four of us, or all three of us, four of us, with Damon, that'd be $200 a month. Oh, yeah. No, that's just impossible. And for just you and I, it's 100 bucks a month. Yeah. No, sorry. No, sorry. That's no. Not going to do it. Well, that's why I don't go to a yoga studio now. Yeah. That's be- I haven't practiced in a studio with others mm-hmm. in a very long time because it just became unaffordable for me. And shame. I thought, well, I'll practice at home. That is a shame. But anyway, so yeah, your elbow is sore because you can raise your whole body up over your head, which yeah. is amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. We got emails from uh, folks. Our friend Scott Thrift in Sydney, Australia. Hey, Sean, oh. Melissa. Listen to the latest show. Great as always. First, I totally agree with you both about the stupid asshats who wanted to have a poor door. We have a shift towards combined public housing and private housing here in Sydney, which mm. is a complete nightmare. As a single guy, not in a traditional relationship, no kids, etc., man and woman, I have zero chance of getting one of these new places, even though I've been on a priority housing wait list since 2001. Which leads me to my second point. As a single white male in a non-traditional relationship without children, I miss out on a huge amount of social and governmental benefits. I receive a disability payment, but I don't get parent benefit, dependent benefit, educational benefit, tax leave benefit, just to name a few. Being single or in a relationship where I don't live with my boyfriend is expensive. The single male is one of the most overlooked groups when it comes to those in need. Interesting. I understand what he's saying, but I think it's... In isolation for Scott's situation, yes, that's very bad. But overall, 
single white males have more advantages and they have disadvantages. If you are a single white male, as he says, in, in traditional relationships, traditional jobs, traditional roles, as soon as you get, and it doesn't matter who you are, as soon as you get outside of those, those fairly narrow uh, pathways, things get more difficult for you, no matter who you are. You know, if, if you're a black white, a black single male, things are different. If you are a single black female, things are different. If you are, you know, single white male is the, the power structure that we have. And as soon as you start to stray, my microphone, there we go. As soon as you start to stray from that prescribed cultural role, things do get harder for you, for everybody. There's no way around it. Okay. You don't, disagree? you don't agree? <clears throat> I suppose, uh, yeah. I, I guess it's just, um, and I'm not going to deny that white, it, 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 traditionally the white male has been like the one that has gotten all of the uh, privileges yes. and it's a, been a privileged status yep. for a long, long, long time. But because of our uh political climate now and culture and different movements and because we're all so segregated into different little groups and politically, you know, a lot of them have to be very focused on. I think the pendulum way swung in the other direction and I'm not making a comment on this in terms of my own opinion as yet in this conversation, but where the white male is almost being discriminated against because of that, whether they're a good person and a person that is is someone that advocates for women and people of color and all that. Like the pendulum swung yep. that if if there was a job, for example, I had it said to me from white males, well, if I'm not disabled or black, I'm not going to get the job. Yep, and that's absolutely true. The, 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 the pendulum has probably swung too far yes. in one way, but in some respects it has to swing too far in order for it to come back to an equilibrium. Yes. And the problem is if you have to be living in the time when the pendulum is swung too far, yes. like Scott, you're screwed. You're screwed and it just seems very unfair. You yes. become another you become a member of an unrecognized group that's being prejudiced against. But it's also a group that we don't have a problem being prejudiced against because they've been the power structure for millennia. Yes. For but centuries. not Scott though. Not Scott though. That's the problem. <laughs> when you drill down to individuals, then we have a problem with that's this, this the kind injustice of, of it. Exactly. Then you have a problem with this kind of injustice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that's and but that's always I think going to be the problem. If you are outside the traditional roles, however our society defines them, mm. then you are going to have difficulties. And it doesn't mm. seem fair, but it is a fact. Yes. And there's not a lot. You can't expect people to at least nowadays. Thank God, we don't expect people to to force themselves into those traditional roles. You know, back in the, well, every time before, say, the last uh, maybe 20 years, 10 years, if you were a gay male, you were expected to hide that from society. You were often expected to pretend to be a straight male. Even marry and have children. Exactly. And we've mm -hmm. heard of so many very, mm -hmm, and, very, and, and how destructive was that to their psyches mm -hmm. to, to do that? Um so at least now we're allowing people to be slightly off that path that cultural has culture has expected from us. But there are downsides to being off that path, too. You have to create your own path, and that's very, very hard to do. 
Well, I think that the um, the gay community is doing very well with that. I know it's been a long, hard I road, but say, I, but I they're, they're getting well. there. Well, it's much more. It's, it's I mean, better. My goodness, it's much better than what it used to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, my headphones keep cutting out of me. Um, I absolutely agree that it is better than it was before, mm. but it kind of had to get better because it was awfully bad there for a long, long period of time. Yes. And the same with blacks and women, women. and every other minority group. Mm-hmm. Things are not great compared to that group before, single white male. We still don't have as, as if you're if you are a say middle class single white male. Um, 30 to 40 years old, you are the most privileged group in the world. The, 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 the planet revolves around that demographic. If you are not part of that demographic, then less of the planet revolves around you. Hmm. And that's not, I'm not discriminating <clears throat> against that group. That's just the group that has, that's had the power for centuries. And now other groups want some of that power. And understandably, people don't like giving up power understandably single white males are skittish about losing that power and some of them react very poorly towards it this mm-hmm. is the nazi movement in the united states these are single white males or sorry single white people or even married white people but of a certain mindset who don't want to give up their power perceived or not cuz even they're dumb poor crackers who are part of the nazi movement mm-hmm. They don't want to give seed power to any other group, whether that be Jews or women or blacks or brown people or whatever it might be. It's always a problem we're going to have when power has to be, when, when groups of minorities want the power that the majority has. The majority doesn't want to give up power. No, no, that, no, they don't. Very, very interesting subject. It could be talked about a lot. John Kalon, uh, married names feedback. He said, John John says, I offered Michaela, my wife. I always love the name Michaela. Yes, I if, love If that only because my middle name is Michael. Mm-hmm. I have a brother named Michael. I had a stepfather named Michael. We weren't very original in my family. Uh, but I, I don't. I know use, a young lady named Michaela. I don't usually like the female versions of male names because mm-hmm. I feel it's that's not a good thing but Michaela I definitely like it's a beautiful name offered Michaela my wife the choice to keep her last name I hate the way he wrote that John please tell me you didn't mean that the way you, you wrote it you didn't give her the choice exactly you didn't <laughs> offer her the choice <laughs> she refused and took mine because it would give her a shorter name perfectly good practical reason for doing that I agree that. though in Quebec I didn't know this though in Quebec she wouldn't have a choice Legislation passed their mandates. All married women actually keep their maiden names. Oh. That went a whole different way. I was fully expecting to go the other way around. Okay. I did not know that. that They have to? They have to to keep their maiden names. And they can hyphenate if they want to, I guess. I I don't know. You have to ask John that. But I I thought that was very interesting. I was fully expecting, because Quebec is a very Catholic region. Yes. expecting the church to say, no, you must. You must take your husband's husband's name. name. That's interesting, John. Thanks very much for that. I appreciate that. Hmm. I've got a whole bunch of uh, bits here. Hang on a second. Let me just the um, I saw this on Twitter. I used to sneak out of my house to go to parties. Now I sneak out of parties to go to my house. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I've done that so much in my life. I know. I know that if people have gone, where the fuck is Melissa? <laughs> She'd do that again? She did it again, didn't she? You She's know, gone. You know there's a name for that? It's yeah. called the Irish Goodbye. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why Irish? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get that. I think it's because I, I have no idea. I probably could, could 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 look it up, but it's but it's got it's actually got a name. It's called the, the, the Irish Goodbye. The Irish Goodbye. And and mm-hmm. the idea is that. Um, rather than going to a party, there are 10, 20 people there and having to say goodbye to everybody. Oh, I can't stand it. Or saying, all right, everyone, I'm going. And then you have to spend 20 minutes saying goodbye to everybody. Oh, more. It takes an hour just, to say goodbye to everybody. Just, just screw it and sneak out of the house. Oh, I just go. <laughs> I used to do that if I was out with all my friends, even if we were out seeing a live band in a sailing yep. club or whatever, I would just decide, I'd look around, I'd just think, I've got to leave now. And I would just leave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know they would spend a good time looking for me. Um, the practice is considered rude as you're leaving a party make sure to say goodbye and thank you to each of your hosts uh. Emily Post if, you, if they're not by the door seek them out and thank them personally no I'll, I'll, I'll get te- out I'll, I'll just take thanks great time it was no. great I had to go yeah someone uh, said let's free ourselves <laughs> from this meaningless uncomfortable good time dampening kabuki <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, then you get all the, but why are you leaving now? Well, it's true. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Come here. No, 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 no. Let's get you another drink. The Irish goodbye nickname uh, is attributed the phrase to the potato famine of 1845 when many Irish fled their homeland for America. At the time, distance and technology meant that when someone went to America, they were gone forever. It was unlikely they would ever again speak <laughs> or see their friends and family back home. Okay. That means you're never being invited to one of those parties again. <laughs> But I just love the idea of the Irish goodbye. The Irish goodbye. <laughs> right Did the good old Irish goodbye. <laughs> it's very funny. And yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I I ha- we, you know we've gotten to that age now where I although I haven't I don't know I haven't been to a party in decades. Holy like crap! Like a party party? Yeah, I just realized that. So maybe the last party I was at was in Portland, Oregon, and it was a beat party. Was it? Oh, what's a beat party? Oh, what is that? Freaking hipsters in Portland, so annoying. Well, what is that? Somebody a- bought or found or whatever it was a fifty-pound bag of beets. Oh, a B E E T party. Oh yeah, I thought it was gonna be a cool kind of funky E-E-T, mu- yeah. Yeah. music kind of beat thing. <laughs> Even that wouldn't have been fun. No, you know, I'm thinking these hipsters would want to go back to the the beat generation of the fifties and have that weird slam poetry shit. You know, yeah, but, yeah, dressed was, in black. I was trying to date this girl. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go. A beat. Party. And then when we get there, it's just someone's house, and I'm looking for the microphone for the beat. Okay, people just stand up, and someone said, "Okay, the beats are in the kitchen." <laughs> oh, I was like, "What? The beats are in the kitchen?" Now I love beats. Yes. And so I'm thinking, okay, so they got a music box, the DJ in the kitchen. I don't know. I walk in, and everyone's just covered in red. <laughs> Everyone's hands are stained. The, the countertop is covered. And what like people are preparing like beats? Butchered or- a pig on the countertop. And there's all these hipsters cutting up beets, and they made beef steak and beet, beet salad and, and beet juice and uh, beet ice cream. and just, uh, It was just... And I again, I love beets. The problem was the next day when I forgot that I'd gone to a beet party, I went yeah, to pee, I thought I was dying. you cancer of the bladder or I thought I, was, I had exactly prostate cancer because there's mm. blood pouring mm. out of my penis. Yeah. Did you do the Irish goodbye? Or? Yeah, no. I was, so yeah, that was, that was the last party party I'd ever been to. Um, okay. That's kind of simple. Don't look at me like that. When's the last party you were at? I've been to parties at Witsend for New Year's Eve, dress-up parties, uh-huh. all kinds of When's stuff. When's the last party you were at? Maybe about four years ago. Four years ago. Well, how long ago was yours? Come on. Maybe eight. Yeah, I beat you, buddy. Beat you, buddy. Ha! That's kind of sad, That's isn't funny. it? Um, no, I, I don't mind. 
I couldn't have a party now if I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to. No, I, like, I like dinner parties. I've had been to dinner parties. I couldn't even have a dinner party. Why? I don't know six people. Oh, I could gather six people yeah, around no, I'm the saying table. I... Well, yes, you do, but they're all spread out all over the place. No, you no, don't I mean, know. That's what I mean. Physically, I could not. I don't know six people that I would want to sit down and have dinner with that are physically able to come. Oh, okay. So uh, translated is what I don't you like mean. any of your friends. I hope no one's listening. He's just not. He's so nasty. Listen to him. He's just so pleased with himself for being so nasty. That's not true. But I mean, if we're talking about my friends. I literally do not know six people who were physically able to come to a party if I threw it. Okay, but translated means you do know six people that you would be very happy to sit oh, and have absolutely. dinner with, sure. but they're spread spread all over. Yeah. Oh well. How about can... you? Do, do, do you know six people who, who who you could invite to a dinner party? Absolutely. Who who would no who problem? Would I have to name names? Prove prove what you're saying is true. I would invite Corey. I'd invite Krista. I'd love to. I'd invite Mary. I'd invite Lou. It's four women so far, guys. Just let you know. Well, I'm a woman, yeah. Um, I would invite, oh my goodness. Oh, well, if Tara's gone, I would invite Tara. I'd invite Sandy. I would invite Janet. I'd invite maybe Deb just for the craziness of it. Seven uh, women. Yeah, I would invite. Um, well, you of course, because if there's seven women here, I'm going to be. Actually, I'll be the one doing the freaking cooking. No, you no. guys will all sit oh, No, a we would party. make it a potluck. Moira would come, dear Moira. Um, I'd love it if Giddy could come because I so love it's her. But. Nine women, guys. So, so if you're if you're in the Gibson area, let me know. Melissa will set you up with one of nine different women. They're beautiful. There's a lot of beautiful yes, women are. on this I'll, coast. I'll, 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 I'll give you that. Yep. A Spanish civil servant has been banned from holding public posts after it emerged that he had skipped work for a decade. <laughs> Carlos Rocio was paid a 50,000 pound salary, sorry, 50,000 euro salary as an archive director in Valencia, Spain. He only visits the office at 7.30 a.m. to clock in and at 4 p.m. to clock out. <laughs> so, what, what was he claiming he was doing? What? Riccio claimed to have been working from home, but an administrative tribunal found no evidence of this. On the contrary, it seemed he had been spending his time running a male brothel and drawing erotic <gasps> comics. <laughs> he created a busty superhero and named Falarela, who hurls flaming Valencia oranges at her enemies. Oh, how interesting. <laughs> but he needed a salary. How do you, how does this start? How does this start? You have this job, yeah. Archive director in Valencia. I don't know what archive, archive director, director, but I'm assuming it's a library kind of thing. You're yeah. you're, you're taking care of archives, right? You're making fifty thousand euros a year. It's a significant amount of money, right? It's not chump change, right? <laughs> so you would have had to work up to this job, or at least had experience for this job. Mm-hmm. So one day <clears throat> he walked into the office. And clocked in, and you don't normally jobs this like this don't have a clock in. Yeah, that's sort of odd. So maybe he checked into the secretary or something like that. And you know what happened? He went, shit, I forgot some paperwork at home. So he went home. And he sat down, maybe with his wife or by himself, whatever, had a coffee, and he's looking at the paperwork, and oh yeah, I could write this. I can write this right here. I'm going to stay here until noon. I'll go back in this afternoon. One o'clock comes around. He's still working. Two o'clock, three. Oh shit! I gotta go, clock out. 
So went at four o'clock and clocked out. The next day, he would have gone in at 7.30. No one noticed I wasn't here yesterday. I'm going to go home and see if anyone notices. And that would have gone on for a week. Ten years, did you say, though? Yeah, I would have gone on for a week. He would have been going, <laughs> no one's freaking noticing. <laughs> a month goes by. Kind of sad. No one said anything. Two months, three, four, five. I'm getting bored. I'm going to open a brothel. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so do something with my time. And, 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 I'm, a and good, I'm a good artist. I'm yeah, going to start a cartoon, start, a comic book. I guess. It, it takes some huge, because it's Spanish, oh, Spain, I'll, I'll say this, huge cojones mm. to think you can pull that off for 10 years. But he did for 10 years. That's just, did. you know, you got to give props to the guy for So I wonder what the out. consequences will be. I mean, does he? they've given him his wage. Well, I got to believe that he's going to be uh, charged with something fraud, certainly fraud. And then if it's gone to a tribunal, charged and he's got to pay the money back. Oh my God. Because you've been is... working and haven't been been giving us value for that. We've been giving you money. And he hasn't been You haven't given it. us anything. So we want the money back is I'm sure what the, what's the situation is going to oh, be. Oh dear. But that's just, that's just hilarious. <laughs> Don't get any ideas, anyone. Husband always insisted on making love in the dark. After 20 years, the wife turns on the light, finds him holding a vibrator. She uh, goes ballistic. You impotent bastard. How could you lie to me all these years? Uh, Husband looks her straight in the eye and calmly says, I'll explain the toy. You explain the kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oopsie. Mm-hmm. Oopsie. You could tell if it was a vibrator. That's ridiculous. It's a joke. It's a I joke. I know. It's a ridiculous joke. Uh, maybe. Also from Twitter. You know when you're a fast walker, and you are. You're a fast walker. I'm a fast walker. You know when you're a fast walker, and the guy ahead of you is fast too, but only 90% as fast as you are. Mm. So you must pass him. But to pass him, you have to walk comically faster than your normal speed. <laughs> Or else you'll be in his personal space for way too long as you pass. Yeah, That's yeah. really annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've experienced it. Like, I want to go faster, but they're just going a little bit too Yes, I've experienced that. I am a fast walker. You actually are for, you know, your little your little For legs. a little short ass? Yeah, for a little short ass. You're a pretty quick walker. <laughs> this has got to be this has got to be the funniest story I heard this week. Um, and it's a product we like, almond milk, or we you like almond milk. Why? Which is just squashed almonds. Yeah, right? it's, it just, yeah, it's just the milk. Yeah. Take almonds, squish them, and that's the milk. Yeah. I don't drink it or anything. I just like it on my steel cut oats. And yeah. Well, or I like, I'll do a shake sometimes out of it. And I cook our steel, cuts oat, steel it, cut oats in almond milk. In it. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, wouldn't, I don't drink a glass of it. You well, know what almond I mean? milk is being recalled. H.P. Hood, the company that produces <laughs> the vanilla almond breeze, that's definitely not milk, has issued a recall of some half-gallon cartons as they're contaminated. With milk. (laughs) (laughs) So they must be embellishing it with real milk. No, no. It turns out the jokes about fake milk being contaminated with real milk are obviously endless. But for people with serious dietary intolerances, uh, contaminating one of the most popular alternatives isn't funny. It's not, actually. You can be lactose intolerant, yeah. Uh, H.P. Hood spokesman said there was a failure in the production process and some real milk accidentally or inadvertently was entered into the batch of almond milk. We make both dairy and almond milk. Oh. That's why. Oh, I didn't oh, realize I that. I didn't realize that yeah, either. It, it hadn't crossed my mind. Okay. But that's, that's <clears throat> what happened. But, but the headline was just, oh, hilarious. It sounds funny. Yeah. Contaminated with milk. milk. 
<laughs> I have some of that. We have it in yeah, the in the in the cupboard. Yeah. You don't have any lactose intolerance, do you? Oh no. I think. Can you develop that intolerance, I or is it something that's genetic? Uh, I don't know enough about it. Because I've I I know I've noticed in the last couple of years I'm not intolerant of milk or dairy, but I do get a little shall we say gassy. <laughs> if I've had too much cheese or dairy. Are you finished? <laughs> I'm not because you must be drinking milk an awful lot. I'm sorry, Sean. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, but <laughs> there's a lot of gas going on here. Um, right. <laughs> yes, you get, shall we say, gassy. <laughs> you get gassy. Uh-huh. Well, perhaps. I don't think you're taking this seriously. I'm sorry. It's just you're gassy a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that Mr. King is quite open in his gassiness with me. Well, perhaps that's true. I, I don't think it is. Like, if I think, I've only, I think I've seen you have one glass of milk since I've known Ice you. Ice cream. Cheese. Those are all dairy products. Those oh, you're sorts. talking about, oh, so you're thinking when you have ice cream that you're more gassy no. than when, when you have cheese. We'll just just eliminate all of it and see what happens. <laughs> well, then suck it up, Buttercup. Ninety nine percent of the time, my gassy is not smelly gassy. That yes, that's true. It's just it can be noisy. Yes, right. <laughs> Reminder: This is called "Don't Listen to Us." Okay, so you know there's no telling what you're going to hear when you. Uh, uh, um, yes, right. I don't know. I don't know enough about lactose intolerance to offer up an educated Now comment. that you've had so much joy over that, I get to have the same amount of joy. No, I didn't do it at your expense. No, true, but I'm going to do this at your okay, expense. fine. There is possibly nothing funnier in the world than my wife. <laughs> what? When she is gassing. <laughs> oh, no, I am rarely gassy. You, you're very rarely gassy, at least obviously. But the funniest thing <laughs> in the world is you have these little <clears throat> rabbit toots. <laughs> I do. You fart the way I think a rabbit would fart. I do. It's, 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 like, it's like a small balloon popping. What? And that, I don't care. It's a naturally bodily, natural care. bodily function. It, I don't think any less of, of you, you know, my beautiful wife. I, I have, there's no emotional dissonance whatsoever in the fact that, that, that you would do that. But the funniest thing in the world is the little rabbit toot. And then she looks at me and laughs. He thinks it's quite hilarious the way that I laugh. You have this wonderful, embarrassed laugh. I do. That is just so funny. You know, that's an interesting subject. I'd like to know from some women if they fart in front of their partners. I mean, I remember reading an article once, a little little uh, Again, column. this is Don't Listen to Us, folks. I'm Sean. And this woman who'd been married to her husband, been married for years, happily married, love each other very much. And she was nine months, she still had never farted in front of him. <laughs> and she was nine months pregnant. I mean, 
mean, all kinds of noises and things are coming out of your body when you're nine months, but you you know, whatever. She literally crawled out of bed in the middle of the night because she had to fart, like on her hands and knees, crawling out of the bedroom to go out of the bedroom and fart so her husband couldn't hear. I mean, do you, I mean, really? And I'm wondering, I'd love to hear if, if husbands are hearing their wives fart. Because I didn't fight in front of you for, oh my God. We are not going to hear from a single person on that subject. Why not? Because it's it's one of those things, especially us in Western culture, are so incredibly, but what are you doing with the microphone? It's just falling apart with all my laughter, with all my joyous <clears throat> laughter. Sorry, everyone. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, can you hear? Yes, can you- yes, I can hear. Every time you touch that, that whole assembly, it rumbles in. The, no, no, just go ahead and fix it. Just put it on. Take the, the microphone thing off. There you go. And then screw that on properly. You've unscrewed it completely, so screw it on completely. That's the, one of the things is with, with a microphone, once you get it set up, you just don't touch it. You don't touch the... the, the, the. There we go. Sorry, okay. everyone. Get it, get it set up the way you want it to. There you go. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Finish one thing at a time. Now, don't touch that ever again. Ready? Okay, mic coming up. There you go. Why would you think... Because that we wouldn't hear from in Western anyone. society, we are so ashamed of our bodies. We're taught to be ashamed of our bodies. We're taught to be ashamed of what comes out of them. We're taught to be ashamed of them. We're taught to be ashamed of death or afraid of death at, at the very least. We're, poop is dirty and filthy and nasty. Um, urine is the same thing. Farts and burps are rude. You know what I mean? I mean, all that stuff is considered to be very, very taboo to happen or to talk about when they're all perfectly natural, normal bodily functions. Now, we don't want to take it to the extreme of what so many stupid men do and they'll Dutch oven their wives or they'll actually sit on them and fart on them. That's disgusting. don't, Don't do that. No. But to expel air either from your mouth or your anus is not that big a deal. It's not. And we shouldn't treat it that way. No. No. But we do. So I, but I don't think people are going to be willing and they, maybe this is, you know, reverse psychology I'm trying to use on people. I mean, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people are going to be willing. And if you want to, do it anonymously. That's right. Send us an email oh, anonymously. Oh, yeah. We don't need to know who you are. That's right. Just say, Sean, this is anonymous. Don't, don't say anything. So if you want to talk about the first time your wife ever farted in front of you, yeah. Or the first time your husband ever farted in you, which would have been the second date, ladies. Say, ladies. <laughs> you did not. Um, but that's one of those things, especially for women. We expect a certain delicacy from women. We expect a certain roughness from men. So I mean, we don't we don't care if men fart or spit and play with their crotches when we're playing baseball and that kind of stuff. But all those actions from a woman, we think that woman is rough and nasty and rude. Yes, actually. Actually, you're right. And it's right. a shame. I know. For, again, it's a natural bodily function. It doesn't matter to me at all. Yes, but I'm not. And I, it's linked up with beauty yep. and being sexy and all that. Like you think, well, I'm not going to fart in front of him yep. because that means that I'm not beautiful and sexy. And he's But the reverse walk. is true is not true for men. No. If we fart, we don't think we're less handsome. No, I don't know what. Yeah. It's just not a we're, delicate we're, we're thing. We're less manly, less desirable, or less le- whatever. No. It's very much a cultural thing. 
It is. It's very. I like that poopery stuff that I showed you. That's right. That beautiful British woman doing it. I don't know if everyone. You got to look. You got to Google these ads. Poopery. Poopery. So it's if you want to go and dump a big one at the party that you're eventually going to do an Irish goodbye from. You've got this stuff that you can put drops that will put a film over the over the water in the toilet, and it will prevent your poo from being smelly. YouTube this poopery, and you'll laugh. You think what a wonderful satire. But it's a real product. It is a real product. My dear friend Corey, my beautiful Corey, she has it because she, you know, if you're going to visit a boy, if you're going to, she was going to, that's right, she was going down to LA to visit her friend Paul, her new romance. And she's like, he has a tiny little rancher. Like she just couldn't handle it. So she went out, she got some poopery to take with her. It certainly is, again, because we've been trained that, a social thing. The first time, and usually it's you've been in a relationship for a while. You're at his house or, or she's at your house or whatever it might be. And if you have a small apartment, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, she's going to be here the night. Yeah. i got to go to the bathroom. Got to go. It's got to happen. And you go. And if it happens to be one of those ones that just sounds bad. And permeates your whole apartment. That when you're there by yourself, you're high-fiving yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Woo! The cat's looking at you funny, like, you okay, man? Because that didn't sound good. You know? But when the woman you're hoping to sleep with is in the next room. Yeah, it doesn't. And you come out and there's that smell. I know, right? This poopery stuff is good stuff. I've been doing it here, have you noticed, with my essential oils? I'll put <laughs> and we're married. Oh, yeah, no, I don't like it. So funny. It's very interesting. We have so many things to get over in our in our uh, culture. Well, I suppose so. I and mean, most of it's about know, what we've talked about in the past: open and honesty. It's if we're open and honest with each other, these things shouldn't cause conflict within ourselves or, or with other people. You, you, would you think less of somebody because they had a stinky poo? Never. So. I would be embarrassed for them because I know that they would be embarrassed. Yeah. So it would be uncomfortable because of that. I mean, a be- a, well, beautiful, not beautiful, whatever. Any young woman or woman is not going to be comfortable with it. Yep. You know, you want to go away and have privacy and you don't want men to think that you do that. Yeah, that's right. Which and, in and, and of itself a, is weird. It's a shame that we have this self-inflicted stress when we really shouldn't have it or, or need it. I know. Oh, Here's some stress that is self-inflicted that you should feel. All right. There's a website called Lifehacker. Lifehacker has this, uh, here is their um, tweet. Don't let anything bad happen. Try this silly trick to remember your kids in the car. Huh? Do- Why do you need a silly ki- silly trick to remember your children? Okay. Why do you, you, have you seen this? There's this, every spring, early summer, there's all these stories about people leaving children in hot cars and how you can prevent it. They're the the Waze app that I use for directions, you can set it up so that it will re- you tell it there's kids in the car and the Waze app will remind you, oh, don't forget the kids in the back seat. If you are so stupid, Shit. you forget your children, you shouldn't be allowed to have them. No. What? Why do you need a reminder? Well, why, did, why would anybody need a reminder? Because they're stupid. That there isn't anyone in this world that needs a reminder that their child is in the car, people surely. Leave, people leave, kid, leave kids in the car all the time. Dozens of children die, pets die every single year in 
North America, certainly America, because people left kids. In the, I'm only going to be gone for half an hour. I'm only going to be gone for 20 minutes. Oh, so it's not forgetting them. It's negligence. They're not forgetting that they're in there. They're going, I'm going to go and I'll be back. You'll be fine. But people will say they forgot. Oh. Because otherwise they're going to get arrested and thrown in jail. They're going to get arrested and thrown in jail anyway. But if their kid dies. Oh, my God. They go, I'm so sorry, officer. I forgot. What? So what does this thing do? How does it prevent you from forgetting your child? Well, w- Waze says there's a, the Waze app. Make Waze remind you about the child in your car. Um, then I be, ideally, it's been around social media for a few years. After buckling your baby into the car seat, take off your left shoe and keep it in the back seat as you drive. The idea is that you won't get very far without your shoe, and therefore you always remember your child. So what you're saying is your left shoe is more important than your fucking child. I'm... You shouldn't be allowed to have children. I'm astounded I don't get it. If I see someone doing this, I'm just going to call Child Protective Services on them to begin with. Yeah. If I see someone buckle a baby in the backseat and take off a shoe, no, I'm calling the police right there. Well, that's like saying putting an elastic band around your wrist. To remember remember your child. One of those strategies. No, No. You might feel a little silly doing it, but it might just prevent the unthinkable. The unthinkable is you having children to begin with. Oh, well, that goes into all of our conversations about needing to be licensed properly to have a child. Um, You are from Newcastle, Australia. I am from Halifax, Nova Scotia. We both traveled fairly extensively around the world. You are completely around the world, me through uh, large parts of it. Um, The 10 most affordable cities for living abroad. You mean like if you lived here and then you want to go and live somewhere else for part of the year? If you had not un- not unlimited amounts of money, but if you had enough money to be comfortable, not mm. stinking filthy rich, but comfortable, yeah. what other city besides Vancouver and Newcastle would you live in? Oh my goodness. What other cities would I live in? Easy for me is Florence. Well, I don't know. I haven't been to Florence. Yes. And I don't want to live in France because it's not on the ocean. I don't know. Really? I don't know yet. I There's have no to city that you, would, that you dreamt of living in. Oh. Uh, that's just as beautiful as here on it Newcastle? doesn't matter. It's whatever you think of as being beautiful. I'd have to think about it. Really? Because I don't want it to get too crowded. I don't like lots of crowds. Well, here are the top ten cities... That are affordable, that mm. you could live in. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you'd live in any one of these cities. Okay. Tashkent, Uzbekistan. Well, I don't know. No. Uh, no. Tunis, Tunisia. No. Uh, no. Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan. No. Uh, oh. Banjul, the Gambia. Karachi, Pakistan. Oh, Blantyre, no. Malawi. Tbilisi, Georgia. Minsk, Belarus. Tegucigalpa, Honduras. Managua, Nicaragua. No, no offense to anyone who lives there. Sorry, I have no. zero interest living in any of those cities. No. I don't care how affordable they are. Well, there might be a reason why they're affordable. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to. Not one of them sounds the slightest bit nice. I, I, I mean that. No, I've been to Karachi. No thanks. Um, there would be other places in Australia that I would live. Where? Oh, a further north in New South Wales. I mean, oh my God, there's some stunning, beautiful areas that you could live. I mean, if it was, it's not affordable. Yeah. So forget it. Yeah. How would you feel 
if, and you don't work in a nine to five office job and I haven't in 30 years, but how would you feel if you live, if you worked a nine to five office, office job, mm-hmm. a typical office job, nothing mm-hmm. special, just an office job. And you're mm-hmm. an office worker. You are the manager of the office or you are a director, whatever. Okay. okay. The usual office stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How would you feel if your company announced that it was going vegetarian? That the company would would no longer serve red meat, pork, or poultry at company functions, and it would not reimburse employees who want to order hamburger during a lunch meeting. Oh, I don't care. As long as it's nice vegetarian food, it wouldn't bother me. This is a a company called WeWork, uh, has said the decision was driven largely by concerns for the environment and to a lesser extent animal welfare. The company has said they have gone vegetarian. Okay. But... The problem comes when companies start doing this baby step, the next step. And what would that be, do you think? You can't bring meat into the office. The next step after that is if you're not a vegetarian, because one of the things that they say is that being a vegetarian is healthier. The next step is the company says, we're not going to provide health care for those employees who aren't vegetarians. Oh well, that that that's going a bit beyond. What <clears throat> I can see <clears throat> that it's a concern they're taking away people's choice if they want to bring a meat sandwich to work or something. In ways large and small, companies are imposing corporate values in the personal lives of their employees. That's the crux of the matter. What 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 would happen if your employer said we're not going to provide health care if you smoke? Well, you know, I makes so- sense. Right? It makes sense. I sort of have a bit of a problem with people that smoke a lot. That they, okay. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What would happen if your company said we won't provide health care if you're overweight? Well, if they provided support and money to help people lose weight, if that's what they chose to do, then I'd go. I think that would be a reasonable suggestion. See, I disagree with all of this. Yeah, I a, mean, a corporation should not be able to. Extend its values onto its employees in this way. I think that a corporation can offer support to help employees be healthier. Yes, I and agree. I love that idea. Yes, yeah, I like agree. we're going to give you extra money to put towards a gym membership or go to, you know, whatever you choose to do. Yep. Hobby that- Lobby has refused to pay for birth control for its employees. Well, no one pays for birth control for me. But in some companies, they they pay your uh, medical expenses. Birth control being a medical expense, they would pay for oh, it. Oh, to my this- knowledge, birth control isn't. I mean, if I want my IUDs that I've gotten, they've never been. I've had to pay out of pocket I'm for my about IUDs. The states. Talking oh, about the states here. well, see, I can't. I've never been supported in that. So, when you exercise this level of control over employees, even with good intentions, it often backfires. Just because you really believe this is the right thing to do. Does it mean not everyone will agree with you? No, no. I don't. Th- it's a question, t- though, if someone should lose their job over this stuff. That's where the concern is, is that, oh, you don't go along with company policies or beliefs, then you're going to lose your job. No. I mean, what are they going to bring religion into it and exactly. things like that, See, which is that, a bit of a concern. And that's the problem, is when they start doing these little things, these little things move, move you. It's easier to move from... Um, a to A to Z. If you go to B first, you can't jump from A to Z. But they've just gone to B. Then maybe they'll go to C. Maybe then they'll go to D, E, F, G, H. 
There's little question that WeWork has the legal right to withhold meat from its employees. They don't have to serve meat in the company's no, they don't. cafeteria. No. Companies had no obligation to feed their workers, let alone exactly. offer steak and lamb. Yeah, yeah. Companies are free to make rules about the things they reimburse or don't reimburse for. But usually they have to do with adult movies at hotels and alcohol rather than what you're ordering for dinner. So what they're saying also is we go to a company function and I order dinner. The company will pay for that dinner as long as there's no meat involved. You mean if it's off of the premises of the actual place? Yes. Oh, God. See? Okay, that's... Now that becomes a problem. What if I ordered uh, pasta bolognese? Will you reimburse me for the pasta part of that, and then but not, not the for the bologna? meat part? Oh, well, I don't know what they're so going to do about that. It just that. gets ridiculous. Well, they might just give you a, a meal um, cot, like you're going to get 50 bucks towards a meal, and then you buy whatever you want. No, they're saying that they will not Oh, they won't. reimburse you for meat. No matter where you are. That's right. Now, maybe they'll say meat-based meals, in which case you couldn't eat pasta bolognese. They'll, they'll reimburse you with a salad, but not for the bolognese because it has meat in it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it, it gets complicated. It gets stupid. It gets, again, it's, it's leave your employees alone. As long as they're doing the job that you hired them to do, ignore their personal lives. You can make suggestions and say, we'd like this to happen, but you cannot demand that employees change their personal lives in order to fit your corporate culture. In well, they're not demand. They're saying if you want to eat meat, we're not going to pay for it. If you don't eat meat, we'll pay for your vegetarian meal. They're not. De- they're just saying you make the choice Sorry, when what? you're not on the premises. If you're off on a business trip, they're saying you can make the choice. If you want to eat vegetarian, we're happy to pay for it for you. Because what happens if next up, I the, the company has made it clear they favor vegetarianism mm-hmm. they favor vegetarians mm-hmm. what if i go in a company lunchroom and pull out a hamburger i'm in there with 10 other people who are all vegetarians and i microwave my hamburger mm. i brought it from home it's my hamburger i paid for it you'll be ostracized exactly. from the corporate culture exactly. of, your, of your job and that's got nothing to do with my job it's got nothing to do with my performance it's got nothing to do with the the, the work you hired me for no. that i agreed to work for you're changing the rules of my employment arbitrarily and without my permission. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting issue. I, I, I don't think it's, it's I, I would not, I would be very, very unhappy with a company who did that for me, who tried to enforce those kind of rules on me. Um, if only because of the slippery slope nature of it. Yes. No, I see. If, you, if, if, if the company says, you know, we're not no longer going to serve meat in the company cafeteria, okay, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to bring in my meat that I want, mm-hmm. but you can see where this can lead in the future. Yes, slowly it could lead to very uncomfortable situations. We talked about this, uh, I think on, on last week's uh, DLTU, about uh, the, the poor door in the building in, um, in Vancouver. proposed proposed building in Vancouver. This is something else along those lines. BC neighborhood banned kids from playing anything in its roadways. Mm. I don't know, but America, I, I'm going to assume it's the same. I don't know about Europe. I assume it's the same. Tell me about Australia. Playing in the street, in small towns, in suburbs, is a rite of passage in this country. Absolutely. That's where most of us learn how to play road hockey. It's Ride called your bike. road hockey. Mm-hmm. 
Ride your bicycle. Draw. We used to play tennis on the road all the time. Draw that hopscotch game with oh, chalk yeah. mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the road. Come on. Mm-hmm. How can you ban children from playing on the road? Is it a fenced community? Uh, it is a BC neighborhood decision to ban kids from playing street hockey, riding on the sidewalk with chalk. Seriously? Seriously? Wow. Where in Vancouver is this? Stirred controversy. The ban is contained in a bylaw for Artisan Gardens, a strata community in Shimanus on Vancouver Island. Oh, Shimanus. The bylaw states that roadways can't be used for play, hockey, baseball, basketball, skateboarding, chalk, biking, and more. Wow. The strata council, an executive body that makes rules, supported the bylaw in a vote of 15 to 4. The bylaw was first introduced over safety concerns about children who were playing on the road. Have you ever heard of a a kid getting hurt on the roads? It happens, but it never happened to us. I'd be willing to bet it hasn't happened to 95% of the people. Because most of the kids do what every Canadian kid knows how to do. Car! I personally think, and I don't know the background of this, but they just don't want kids in the strata. Aha. Bye-bye, kids. Ding, ding, ding. Because they can't say it. They can't say where, unless they're an over 50. I know there's places that are classified as over 50, no children places. But that's what's happened in this particular strata community. More, the, the people's kids have moved out. Seniors have moved in. Seniors now control the strata. Yeah, so they and don't And the seniors like it. have yeah. decided we're going to ban children from yeah. basically making noise. Yeah, they don't want to hear them. Yeah. Yep, they don't want to walk out and see... Because they were never children when... when, when never, when they no, they didn't get a chance to they be children. They came out of the womb at 50. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's what it is. And le- yeah, they, they're trying to push push the children away, families with children away. This is one of the reasons... I, I can't think of too many times I've heard good things about Estrada. I, I didn't know about them growing up. I didn't know about them when I moved here to Vancouver and I was confused the longest time about what they were. Mm. Then I learned about them and I went, no, these mm. are little dictators, little tiny community dictators. Oh, they can be. That tell you when to cut your grass, what mm-hmm. color your picket fence can be, mm-hmm. how tall your shrubs can be. Screw you. You have to approve everything. everything. They have to approve everything. And I, I, lo- I, used to, I looked at places that were a part of a strata to try and buy here. And... Um, uh, first of all, the fees. Yep. And, as much as rent for some uh, Oh, my God. Uh, the fees would bury me. Yep. I was like, oh, I can't do it because it's a strata. And then, uh, I, you know, I want to take care of my own garden. I want to mow my own lawn. And, yep. Oh, no. You have to get approval to put up curtains, for heaven's yeah. sakes. Yeah, that's right. There's, there are very, very few strata things I've ever heard that are good. Yeah, no, Because no. they tend to homogenize the community. Mm-hmm. They tend to be taken over. And this is something we've talked about before in the past. If you want change in your community, you've got to get involved in your community. Yes. You don't just vote for the president or the prime minister. you got to get involved in your strata. Yes. And what the, what happens here is these families have now learned that if they let the strata be taken over by the old folks, the old folks will make rules Suited for the, to old, the old, folks. old folks. That's right. Well, it's just a little micro-political system. That's right. <laughs> it, 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 it absolutely is. It absolutely is. is. And then you get dominant people. People that join and they make a lot of noise and they go around and they lobby for what they want and oh yeah no I I would never live like that. I feel so lucky to have this little separate house. You and I are March. I predict that March 2019 will be the best March of our lives. <laughs> Jeez, I just had to check to make sure none of your children were born in March because mm. then that would not be true. Um, we are going, folks, to uh, 
Melissa and I are going to Florence, uh, Italy. As I said earlier, my favorite city, second most favorite, third most favorite city. No, second most favorite city in the world. Okay. Halifax is my first, my hometown. I was going to say Vancouver, but Vancouver is no longer my one of my favorite cities. Um, Florence would definitely be my second favorite city in the, in the whole world. But you've never been. No. And I'm dying to go to Florence with you because you have an appreciation of the art and the culture and the food and the, 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 the look of Florence mm-hmm. that when I was there last time, the person I was with didn't have that. I've always wanted to go to Florence. So you're going to be, we're going to be there for a week. Mm-hmm. We are going to stay in the most beautiful, I hope, please, please, I hope, cutest little B- Airbnb, um, Leonardo, which is just, he's, you know what? His real name is probably Paul. Oh, you know? no. <laughs> and the, you know he looks like a Leonardo. He definitely looks like a Leonardo. <laughs> so we're going to spend a week there on our honeymoon. We're going to go see all the beautiful things. We're going to walk. We're going to take pictures. We're going to have a, just a blast. And then the week, uh, we're, we'll be there for a week. And then we're going to fly to Lisbon, Portugal. And I'm almost excited about Lisbon as I am about Florence. Florence with you is going to be amazing and fun and romantic and just beautiful. But Lisbon is going to be a city I've never been to. I've read a lot about, I've been planning this thing for three, four years now. Um, and it fascinates me because of a whole bunch of different things, the, the, the food and the people and the, the music, um, the history, the culture. But we're also going to be doing our starting point photography in Lisbon classes. What it is, is that go on vacation with Melissa and I, and you'll have fun. That's it. Done. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll, you'll pay, so simple. You'll pay us to entertain you. Right? <laughs> no, it's for, to, to be better photographers. Rather, no, 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 no. Rather than going on a boring vacation by yourself, pay us to entertain you. <laughs> I guarantee we will entertain you. I can't do an Irish goodbye. We no, 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 no. no Where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> but, but the idea is to go on a vacation that you're going to love anyway. Lisbon is a fascinating place. Probably most of you haven't been there. Um, it's it's inexpensive. Mm, it's uh, mm. it's beautiful. Even in that time of year, it's going to be fairly warm. Uh, few tourists, so we'll have most of the, the places to ourselves. But the idea is to go on the vacation you're going to go on anyway, but go with a professional photographer. And someone who'll teach you how to take better photos with your iPhone or with your point and shoot or with your DSLR. Each morning we'll get up, we'll have breakfast, we'll do a little hour long class of some specific aspects of photography. And then we'll go out and do that stuff. It'll be an hour of theory and then two hours of actual practice. So we'll talk about composition and then we'll go to the Adronymous Monastery and we'll look at the, we'll learn about the monastery, we'll learn about why it's there and we'll take these beautiful pictures of, of the monastery. And then at one o'clock, you go off and do what you want to do. You yes. can go be a tourist. You can go to the Mirodos, which are sightseeing uh, view, viewpoints. You can take a, uh, a boat trip down the down the river. You can do whatever you want to do. Go to a museum. Go shopping. Come with us. Follow or, us or, if you or, we just hang, hang out with us. Yeah, yeah. That's the entertaining part. So this, this <laughs> is, this is and then we'll you know we'll, we'll meet up back in the evening. We'll have dinner together. We'll have drinks, and the next day we'll do it all over again. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, send me emails to uh, dltu at yml.me or sean at yourmaclifeshow.com or go to our website, startingpointphotography.com, to get more details about that. I am already a better photographer because of Mr. King. We, and the thing is, 
this is one of the things I've heard from so many people about photography classes. And we've heard from people who've taken six months worth of classes mm. and they learn more in two hours of hanging it with us and me than they did in the classes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Most of this stuff is fairly simple. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. This is, I'm not going to be talking about, about uh, white balance and histograms and F stop and all that kind of fancy intermediate level stuff. This is going to be beginner mm-hmm. stuff, things that are really easy to comprehend and really, and things that you'll go, Oh, Mm. Well, that's easy. Mm-hmm. That's simple to do. Um, something as simple as, as Melissa learned is just get down low to take pictures of things that are low. Get down to the eye level of the thing you're taking a picture of. Mm-hmm. So if it's kids, get down on your knees and take a picture of the kids or, or animals or that kind of stuff. I guarantee you that one simple tip, if you take a lot of pictures of kids or, or animals or ducks or whatever it is, that one simple thing will make your photos better. You get mm-hmm. down at the level of the of the thing with eyes, whether it's an animal or, or a kid. So here, uh, in the spirit of that, here are uh, words every traveler should know. I've I've heard the word vagary before. Have you heard of vagary before? Vagary? Vagary. V-A-G-A-R-Y. From the Latin vagari, meaning to wander. Uh, nowadays, vagaries refer to unpredictable or erratic situations. But it originally meant a wandering journey. I'm going on a vagary. I have never heard I've of never that. I've never heard that word. Uh, Selkuth. Selkuth is an old English word that refers to something that's both strange and marvelous. No. I think you and I are Selkuth. <laughs> strange and marvelous? Strange. I know. Marvelous. <laughs> well, some way the other, sometimes the other way around. It, it's a great. Selkuth. Say Selkuth. it again. Selkuth. S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H. Selkuth. It's a great way to sum up those seemingly indescribable moments spent in an unfamiliar land. Oh, I love it. I can see us describing Lisbon as Selkuth. So you would say Lisbon was Selkuth. Yes, that's right. And people look at you like, you pompous twat. What does that mean? <laughs> Selkuth. Fernway. Oh, I have no... Okay. I love this word. Fernway. Who hasn't felt a strong... Okay. When you are away from home and you want to go home, what's, what's that called? Homesick. This is the reverse. It's far sickness. Fernway is the strong desire to be somewhere, anywhere other than where you're currently at. Mm, it's mm. the opposite of homesickness. Mm, mm. It's what we would call wanderlust. Mm. Fernway. Mm. Uh, German word. My son gets that a lot. Yes, he, he does. He really does. He really does. Um, this happened to me, I remember distinctly, when I, was, when I stepped off the plane into... Uh, Tokyo's Narita Airport. Mm. It's Depesement. I'm probably saying it wrong. D-E-P-A-Y-S-E-M-E-N-T. Depesement. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has traveled abroad will recognize this feeling. The French word refers to the sense of disorientation that often sets you up, sets in when you step outside your comfort zone when you leave your own home country. Mm. Culture shock. Yeah, culture shock. We would, we would call it that way. I think it's a little different. But yeah, that, I, I was completely disoriented mm. in, in Tokyo. I've never felt that before in any other country. It was the one that one place that I'd been that really just completely threw me off. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Uh, derive or derive, a uh, gift from the French. This word literally means to drift. It also refers to a spontaneous trip completely free of plans. Derive. Oh. Derive. Derive. You... Are a peregrinator. Oh my gosh. Say that again. Pere- peregrinator. Peregrinator. From the word peregrinate. Peregrinate. Peregrinate like- means to travel from place to place, especially on foot. 
So the Cinque Terre region of Italy, that you it's a hiking trip between the five towns yes. of Italy. Yes. You would peregrinate those towns. You would walk from so town you would walk, to town. Oh, town, my town. God. Well, that's oh, what are we going – because all we're going to do in Florence is walk. We're just walking and walking and walking and walking. Yes. Can't wait. I think we're going to find things in Lisbon that are – or in Florence – and both Florence and Lisbon that are numinous. 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 Not luminous, but numinous. N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S. Numinous. English word uh, can be described of things like the Grand Canyon or Northern Lights. Something numinous is awe-inspiring and mysterious. Oh. I think the Duomo in Florence will make me feel numinous. Well, because it's awe-inspiring. It's still the largest brick dome in the world. Yes. It was built in the 14th freaking century. Amazing. And it's still the largest covering area. Well, they but still don't really know how he did it. The mystery of the Duomo is incredible. The, the, we, this guy was not an architect. Um, he was a watchmaker. Uh, he was a watchmaker. Uh, Brunelleschi. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, Brunelleschi was the architect. He was a watchmaker. He had no experience whatsoever in architecture. Mm. Mm. And he left no information as to how he did this, no. which is just amazing to me. And so, yeah, I, th- I think being on top of that dome when when we climb those steps will be amazing. Numinous. I've heard this word before. I didn't know what it meant. Parapatetic. Parapatetic. Ugh. It stems from the Greek word parapatine to walk up and down. It was originally associated with Aristotle. The adjective refers to those who are constantly moving from place to place. In other words, a nomadic existence. Mm. Peripatetic. Well, you would like to be peripatetic. No, 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 that's interesting. I have been peripatetic, but I don't like being peripatetic. Oh, I thought you liked being mm. peripatetic. No, I've always, my entire life, wanted to settle down in one place. No. Oh. But I've had to for for when I was a kid because my... my uh, Dad, one of my many dads, uh, was in the Navy, so we moved a lot. Right. Uh, and then moved for various jobs and various work and various people. So you were involuntarily yeah. peripatetic. Yeah. I've always wanted to uh, settle down and, 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 and plant roots in a, in a community, in a, a town, in a home, uh, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you're alone in a forest. It's peaceful. The sun is filtering through the trees and there's a mm. light breeze. Mm. There's a German word called forced solitude. Mm. That word is Waldeinsemkite. <laughs> what? Waldeinsemkite. Don't, don't say it like I'm that. I'm sorry. Say it's it a very sweetly. it's a very harsh language. It is. No offense, but it is. This is something we heard about two three months ago, and it made me want to pull whatever hair I had out because it's the stupidest effing word. In the world. Okay. It's a Japanese word. It means okay. forest bathing. Remember this? Oh my gosh, the, the forest idea. bathing. Oh. You, you hipster douchebags. That's ridiculous. It's sh- Shinrin Yoku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Considered a form of natural medicine and stress reliever. There are now forest bathing clubs around the world. Yeah, give me a break. Take deep breaths, close your eyes, and oh. take in the smells of the sun of the forest. That's not yeah. forest bathing. Oh, come on. Go for a walk in the woods. Go you... for a walk in the woods and just look and enjoy those beautiful trees. Don't call it You don't have to make it a thing. Now they're going to charge people to do it, and then you're supposed <laughs> to be feeling things from it. It's like people that go into art galleries, and there's that art... 
expert and they're yeah. going, oh, just do, and everybody's like describing the art and you're standing there yeah. going, oh my God, it's just a dot on a, on a I canvas. I feel that way whenever I see, and I know someone's going to make fun of me or someone's going to think less of me because of this, whenever I see anything by Jackson Pollock. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> he you mean all the, the squiggly lines? He spilt the paint, okay? That's all that is. <laughs> he did it with intention and, 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 and he had a vision I, in mind. I, I love the look of it, mm. but anyone who says it means anything, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this Jackson Pollock number one six nine. Obviously, it's man's inhumanity to man. Shut up! <laughs> I know, I know. God, I hate that. And stuff. then you feel so silly when you're I standing there with your glass of wine, going, "Yeah, yeah, right. No, no, okay, no. I see that. <laughs> I think you're full of shit." So you take the other forest bathers with you into the forest, and if you if you're not feeling it, you're going to pretend that you feel it. I am not. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. No, I feel I'm not. It. <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem is what? that we don't. Well, again, talking to you earlier, open and honest, we're not open and honest and going. You're full of shit, aren't you? <laughs> this is not man's inhumanity to man. This is a bunch of paint drops. <laughs> My four-year-old could do. Would that. you say that at the art show, yes, surrounded by all the? I would. Oh my goodness, Mister! I'd love to. Please, please let me do that. Someone, uh, <laughs> someone invite me to a Jackson Pollock art show so I can walk up behind <laughs> some art twat who's talking about man's inhumanity to man, and I can just go. You know what? That's upside down. You know that, right? Would you really oh, do God, that? I would. I'd love oh, to do my that. Goodness, I would so love just to pop that pompous balloon. Well, I'm going to look and see what's going on at the Vancouver Art Gallery, and then, like I said, I like. Jackson Pollock, the visuals of it. Yes, I do too, actually. But anyone who tries to explain to me that he did that, A, intentionally, mm. or B, that it means something, mm. I've seen video of him. He's just throwing paint on the floor, I okay? I know, it's fascinating. That's all though. he's doing. Yeah. You don't think he had a vision in mind? No, he didn't there? have a vision in mind. Shut up. <laughs> oh, you see, now you got me all cranky. Oh, he's all cranky. This is you, occasionally. Sully Vagant. I'm saying that wrong. Sullivant? Sullivant. S-O-L-I-V-A-G-A-N-T. Vagant. Sullivant. Gosh, it sounds like I'm a, a vegan that's solid, that's on my own. What, what is it? Um, in those moments when you just want to run away from your responsibilities. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I so am. You may consider becoming a Sully Vagant, a oh. solo wanderer. Oh, yes, I do. I often say to Mr. King, I just want to run away. You do. And I'm worried that you're going to one day. I'll <laughs> do an Irish goodbye. <laughs> Restfeber. This is a Rest Swedish Feber. word. Restfeber. You just booked your flight, your heart starts racing, you're a little nervous about your journey, but mostly you just can't wait to get going. The anticipation, anxiety, and excitement you get before a big trip is all rolled into one word, restfeber. Restfeber. I'm very restfeber. That's so odd. It's kind of fun. But it's, I love learning this stuff. I love learning that other languages have words for the feelings like we have. the whole we, thing. We don't really. We don't have a word for well, that. Well, we would exactly. say excited. We would say we're just ex filled with anticipation and excitement. Yeah, but there's that anxiety in there too. Right. You know, that they're, they're describing... The three, whole thing. Three different emotional states with one word. Yeah. Whereas we're using three different yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. very cool. <laughs> uh, there's 30 of these, and this, this is the 15th one. I'll save the rest of them for the next show. Uh, taken from the French flaneur, or flanier, uh, flaneur, 
means to stroll or saunter. This word describes someone who has no particular plans or place they need to be. Mm. They merely stroll around the city at a leisurely pace, taking the sights and enjoying the day as it unfolds. Mm. We mm. will be Florentine flaneurs. We will. Absolutely. That's what I want. I mean, I know sometimes we'll have plan a plan. My but- plan is for Florence is to get up early in the morning. Uh, have a have a little breakfast. Yes, in our beautiful B and B, and then just go wandering around until eleven or twelve. Yes, at twelve we'll have lunch wherever we happen to be, whether we brought it with us or we did we get snacks someplace, yes. cheese and meat, and then in the afternoon do the touristy stuff in the in the the when the sun is at its yeah. Peak. Well, we're not doing photography, and photography won't be as good. Then we'll go to the Ufutsi. Then we'll go to the Academy. Then we'll go to the Duomo and climb. The oh yes, and be yes, yes. That's a great idea. Well, I think the mornings are just let's go down the street. Oh yes. Well, and go over to the gardens. And... Yeah, the Boboli Gardens. Oh, definitely do the Boboli Gardens. It would be so. Beautiful. Here's because I want to say the word Boboli many times. <laughs> I know it's a great. I just love the word. <laughs> let's Boboli. go to the Boboli. The Boboli Gardens. <laughs> I want to hear an Italian say because we're probably saying it wrong. Well, we'll ask Lena. Because we don't want to look like tourists no, at all, that's everyone. That's important to both I mean, of us. It's very important to both of us. I mean, we are going to a little. We, we will. We can't afford to dress as stylishly as the Florentines. We're just, God, well, we I'm telling you, we're going to try hard. Yeah, but it, I guarantee you, we'll get out of the cab from the airport at Leonardo, Leonardo's place. And the lovely, handsome Leonardo will be standing there waiting for us. And he'll be wearing slacks, dress shoes, a, a, a button-down shirt, open up the collar, and he will be tanned and gorgeous. And I will go, I hate him. <laughs> but he's going to help you up all the stairs. <laughs> That's so right. Don't hate him too much. Five flights of stairs. <laughs> Leonardo. That's going to be Thank brutal. Thank you. Yeah, apparently he, he's quite gracious in helping <laughs> people right. up the stairs. No, no, no. I've got my travel blade. Uh, no, no, no. I plan on not looking frumpy. Well, no, you are going to be beautiful. Well, and so are you. Uh, I'm gonna You're going to be giant, very handsome. No, I'm going to be a giant lump. We'll just see about that. No, I'm, I don't have the money to buy the proper clothes for We'll Italy. see. Okay. All right. You, we don't need much. I think we do. I think I think the, no. you'll, you'll see. You'll see how stylish the, the Florentines but are. But we don't you'll... need much to be stylish. Less is more. Right, you have a couple so. of beautiful shirts. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Look, you wait. Everybody, I'm going to get him into gear. You wait. We'll see. You'll see. We'll take a picture of us before we go. And we'll look gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. That's a bet. Yeah. Folks, you've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. Thank you very much for uh, listening to the show. As always, send us emails to onair at your... Ma- no, no, wrong show. Wrong show. Wrong show. show. Meh. Start again. We'll fix that in post. <laughs> uh, send emails to dltu at yml.me. And please uh, do a review of the show on the iTunes store. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Um, love to hear your comments about anything we've talked about, whether it be kids playing on the street, whether it's being mm. your significant other's poo. Mm-hmm. Flatulence after drinking milk. <laughs> we want to hear your flatulence stories, okay? It's called Don't Listen to Us. We want and to hear your flatulence stories. look up poopery stories. if you're and, feeling and, weird about that. And poopery. Uh, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. And this has been Don't Listen to Us. Thanks very much for joining us. See ya. Bye.